in a world that has more than enough information and noise. Is it even possible to truly anchor ourselves and have peace in a scattered world? Hi, this is Pamela and Mary, and we are a mother-daughter team who span two generations but share one message. We will delve into what it looks like to be fully integrated, body, soul, and spirit, and will bring encouragement and hope all along the way. We get it. Life is hard. And let's be real. Hard doesn't even begin to describe it on some days. But we want you to know that you're not alone. And not only that, we are here to come alongside you and cheer you on as you walk out your individual storyline. So join us as we journey together and laugh, cry, and everything in between. Welcome to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to the More Than Enough podcast. Hey Madre, how's it going with you this morning? Trying to think what's new here, but right now my mind's blank. So just a happy good morning to you there in Kansas City. Yes. Yeah, I know. It doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It's like, oh, today's a new day. I don't even remember what happened yesterday. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Today, we are going to be discussing how to handle children with big emotions. And if you don't have children or your children aren't at home, I would say that so many of these things can cross over to how to handle anybody with big emotions, how to handle friends with big emotions, family members, nieces, nephews. So grandchildren, I do feel like so many of the things we're going to be talking about today cross over to all sorts of ways to handle people with with those big emotions. Yep, I concur with that. And the one of the things that really, or I would say, the first thing that comes to me is when somebody is across from you who has really big, out of control emotions, how does that make you feel? I come to almost think everybody must feel like this, but I realize no, there are uniquenesses about you and me that are going to almost maybe not be impacted or affected by their big emotions. I think the more you are on the spectrum of, let's say, any kind of PTSD, you want to know yourself well by sitting with God to reveal to yourself who you really are. We want to see ourselves sometimes in one way. We want to block out the other parts, maybe. But the biggest thing that came to my mind when talking about any small person or big person who has big emotions I can say right off the bat, my struggle from childhood to this day is that big, loud, out of control emotions, 1000% have the capacity to trigger me. If you are not one of those people, I am really, really glad for you because that takes it into another level that you have to check yourself because you're being triggered. So you have to find again, a bridge or an exit strategy within your own persona to keep that separate and be in the present with the person in front of you. Now, I'm just starting off with that. I know that sounds deep and heavy. It's like, like, oh, we're going to kind of talk about this kind of almost funny thing. Like, well, how do you deal with your child when they're throwing a tantrum? I am talking to you moms and you will know who you are, that it is more than that for you. And I'm at 65, I can articulate the importance of this if that is you. Because how you're feeling inside can often be different than your sister, who's an adult, your best friend, your husband. And I'm, I'm saying that to you, first of all, 
that you would be aware of it, you would validate it, because often mothers can talk together, and one person you see is barely rattled by something that it's not even your child, and you're feeling something that's making you feel triggered. Just want to start with that off the bat. We're going to be on different areas of how we feel, but we can't ever climb into somebody else's skin, Mm -hmm. but we can be aware that I know my heart starts racing, let's say. I know that I'm so quick to want to make it stop. Those can be signs. More and more and more of us have PTSD, even complex PTSD from it going on a long time in our childhoods. Just starting off with that, keep that in mind. And if that is you, especially when you're raising children who can then trigger you every day, again, I would say take a look at that. Yeah, I think when we're talking about dealing with children with big emotions, we had giant emotions growing up, mom. (laughs) Um, My children have huge emotions. We're not Italian, but I mean, we could definitely (laughs) go up against. Yeah, absolutely. Everything we feel, we feel 100% and then some. Lots of big emotions happening. Like you said, I think that we... We so want strategies of how to how to deal with how to deal with these kids with big emotions. But unfortunately, we can't even begin to touch any of those things until we don't first get a handle on our own emotions. Again, this goes back to everything we talk about on this podcast about being integrated. We can't just have one part of our life say, okay, how can we have good strategies for our kids with emotions? And we're not first dealing with our emotions and modeling that and walking through that. I think a perfect example of that is. What we hear, it's almost become cliche of the put your oxygen mask on first before you can help someone else. And we just kind of say that um, in passing, I feel like, in our society. But I feel like that specific example gives a lot of weight for me because I hate flying so much. And while everybody else is on the airplane uh, already like watching their Netflix, like going to sleep, I'm listening intently to these, to the, you know, air uh, stewardess people of saying, what you do when there's emergency. I'm like, okay, tell me again. Tell me again what you do. (laughs) Even though, yeah, probably doesn't even matter. Because when you really think about a scenario of when you're going to need an oxygen mask, okay, this isn't just like, oh, yeah, no, you should for sure put that on. I'm just imagining the scenario because I've imagined it of Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. it's chaos on that airplane. Pressure's dropping. People are frantic. You're not thinking straight. You're stressed. Your kid's crying and screaming because they're like, what's happening? What's going on? I can't breathe. I can't breathe. If there's like (laughs) air, they're losing air, right? There's, There's chaos. There's fear. There's anxiety. It's heightened. And your initial thing is like, okay, okay, well, let me try to help you. Let me try to help you. And you're trying to get it on them. They're wiggling, freaking out. And all of a sudden, beep, 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 time's up. You just passed out. Your kid's passed out. I've gone through this scenario in my head. Oh, God. <laughs> so the point is, is if you're not anchored yourself, if you're not self-regulating yourself and really intentional about what you're feeling and, and dealing with those, those big emotions, even within yourself, then you're both going to pass out, so to speak, on that airplane. You're both going to just continue to trigger each other and it's going to be a huge mess. You might be listening and you might be like, yeah, okay, that's me every day. I don't know, maybe not for a lot of you, but I feel like most people that I talk to, that's kind of where we're at Mm -hmm. Um, when those big emotions are happening with our children or with close friends or family members or people around us. We are so not regulated ourselves that we're just like, I I can't, how do I even begin to know how to deal with your stuff if I can't even deal with mine? Yes, 100%. 
And everything we talk about, we talk a lot about pausing. And I like that we continue to remind us all that it's all a spectrum. That's not just for brain disorders or mental health. For all of us, we're on a spectrum, particularly from our backgrounds and our brokenness, the modeling and all of it. We're being triggered and solicited to be triggered often today. But today, I think just because this is this is a big thing for moms today. And we just really want you to be aware that if you feel yourself being out of control with being triggered when you might have a kid that's very dysregulated with emotions for a million different reasons, we're not going to go into that today of how that and why that could be happening. But we know this, that when somebody around you looks like they're drowning and is just climbing all over you to get their needs met, and you are being so triggered by their being out of control, we're saying once again, you have to take care of you first because you're not going to be stable and able to help your child. And I also want to remind you that this does not necessarily and mostly not likely that it's not because you're a bad mom or because you're not connecting with your kids or you're selfish. I We want to really highlight that this is a real thing for so many reasons, but we want you to be able to have self-care and to have compassion on yourself. To, if you see this escalating and it's just triggering every last thing in you, you might want to find some strategies to help you with that and not drown in it. Yeah. And you say the word drown. I think one of the first things I have on here when I think about some some of those strategies of how to deal with those big emotions, of course, first is, we'll always say, is go to Jesus, pause, figure out what's going on in me that's being so triggered by this emotion in them. But as we take a step forward, as now we're in it, now we're in that situation or that moment where those big emotions are happening in our in our child, I think one of the first things we need to remember is that when they're at that 10 level, when they're seeing that red, they're not hearing you. Yes. They're not hearing anything that you're saying. That just needs to be on the forefront of our minds, like a continual reminder. I think that we want to almost like shake them back into reality or mm. maybe if I just reason with them, um, they're not listening. Not really. And maybe we've heard that at different points, but I just want to say that again as a reminder. I used to get a picture of one of my children when they were uh, really, really losing it and really, really upset. And I saw them, it reminded me of this when you said the word drowning. I saw them like in a, a lake or water. It was like a beautiful sunny day and they were drowning or they, you know, they felt like they were drowning, uh, but they were only like six steps from the shore. And I was right there. And I was like, I'm right here. Just reach out your hand to me. I'll just pull you back to shore. But they weren't listening and their eyes were closed and mm. they were just screaming and flailing their arms about that. They were like, no, I'm drowning. I'm drowning. You can't tell me like what I feel or what I don't feel. I'm drowning. And I'm like, no, I see. I see that you are drowning because you won't let me pull you up, but the shore is just right here. Just let me pull you back to shore. But they weren't able to hear truth. They weren't able to see truth, to open their eyes and see it. And so I think there's a lot of times that we can see that happening to our child. We might be like, what? How could you have this 10 emotion right now? You're fine. But remember, they don't feel fine. They can't open their eyes to see, oh, it's a beautiful day and shore is just a few steps away. They feel like they're in the middle of a raging sea and they're drowning in that moment. So just being aware of their perspective in that moment and that they're not able to hear and see what we're trying to say to them. Yeah, I think that if we would recognize 
that some things, let's say the analogy you're saying, Mary, you don't know that this your child is in full-blown fear. And when we're in full-blown fear, we're operating really like somebody drowning. We're in a survival moment. The things we talked about just a week or two ago about let's just do what we can to de-escalate things and let this person know that they're safe. A way to help this, not in the moment, but outside of the moment, if your child can reason at all, you can begin to ask them what they were feeling. And you can offer when you're feeling like this, when or if this happens, what do you think I, mommy could do for you to help you? And would you like me to say less words and just hold you? Would you like right. me to pick you up and we immediately go find the thing that comforts you? And let's just lay down together. What, what do you think? And you can help them come up with creative solutions, which is really a wonderful thing to start sooner with our children than later where we're micromanaging every strategy and everything. We're inviting them in to imagine what would make them feel safe. Is there a song we could start singing with them? I think the two motives that get us way up to a 10 are anger and fear. And mostly the anger is just a cover for fear, feeling out of control. I don't think any one of us, including a toddler, loves to be completely out of control, feel out of control, and to be screaming and flailing. We think that. We think they're just doing this to get attention, and that is a possibility the younger they are. But I think we want to be in tune that these big emotions are not necessarily the average way to respond. There is something about these big emotions that we can't just minimize, especially if they keep happening over and over. That's our fear that we want to block it out because we're like, oh my gosh, I have a kid that's already crazy. This is my fault. I've done something right. wrong. And yes. all that is happening on an unconscious level. And you're fearful that there's something wrong with your child. And that if there is, it's got to be connected to you. We've got to look at things in a way that is just full of compassion for them and ourselves and not block it out. If this is an ongoing problem and these problems are going to happen with every child, no matter where they are in any kind of spectrum. So we do have to have strategies for ourselves is really what we're talking about. How are you going to handle their big emotion? Yeah. And I love how you were saying not minimizing their feelings and emotions. Sometimes just in an attempt to try to like calm them down, we're just trying to get them to see reason and we're in unintentionally gaslighting them. Of yes. Like, You're fine. Everything's fine. It's not that big of a deal. You just need to get a little perspective. Things are actually going to be much harder for you when you get older. So you got to learn to deal with this. And I'm like, when has that ever, mm. ever helped any of us. Let's just take a moment, really. When has that yes. ever helped you when you've been really upset and someone told you, Pam, it's not that big of a deal. Mm. Honestly, it's actually going to be a lot harder to deal with things in a couple of years from now. So you got to learn to deal with this. Oh like, my gosh. Really? Like, get it together. When have we been shamed into all of a sudden seeing a different perspective? Mm. I would say never. I don't know. And if you were, it would be some weird dysfunctional way to, of going forward. Okay. So I'm just here to tell you by example, that doesn't work. I have tried it all. <laughs> I'm like, I'll try this. I'll try overly giving in to your emotions and then overly being like, no, you're fine. All of them, all the extremes are usually, I'll, I'll, I say, try to stay away from the borders, you know, <laughs> of the extremes. Just pull yourself in. So I would say, first of all, acknowledge their emotions. And I know the mm. fear. I've talked to a lot of moms. I felt it myself. 
the fear of acknowledging their emotions is then you're validating them and you're basically back to my picture of them drowning. You're like, but I, I'm not going to acknowledge them because they really are fine. And I want them to be able to open their eyes and see that they're just a few feet to shore. I want them to be able to see that. And they're just so heightened that they can't see anything. But unfortunately, it almost reminds me of when someone is um, sleepwalking, they basically tell you don't wake them up abruptly because it can super mess them up. I don't know actually know why that is, but I've just heard that. But the point of that is that that really isn't helpful for them in that moment. They have to begin to see things for themselves. And one of those bridges, we talk about bridges a lot, bridges for them to be able to see the shore and to be able to open their eyes and see what's true in that moment is you being that bridge to them. Yes. And part of that is you acknowledging, and we talked about this actually in episode four, we talked about what that looks like to be more integrated. And, and the example that we gave in episode four was like, if your kid has a skinned knee and they're crying and really upset, tune to their sadness in that moment and to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that you hurt yourself. Let me hold you. Let me uh, be near to you here. Let's go sit on the couch. And then after you've acknowledged it and you really attuning to their sadness and their facial expressions, and you're just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you're feeling like that. I know this is so hard and this is so frustrating. And then you begin to say, okay, now let's begin to open your eyes and see that the shore is just right here. You're okay now. But first being that bridge to them and acknowledging their feelings. And it's, it's just going to look different every time. So we can't tell you, do that for two minutes. That part, you really do have to sit with the Holy Spirit and really be like, okay, is, is now the time to begin to transition? Because sometimes that can be tricky as far as, okay, I've been sitting with them and validating their emotions for a while now, and they're still not coming up mm -hmm. out of this yes. tin. I say there definitely is a time to begin to pivot and to tell them, I'm right here. And I'm right here on the shore. I'm here waiting for you and ready, but I'm not going to go in there and drown with you, right? Yes. I'm not going to go into the water and we're both going to drown together because you're climbing on top of me until I drowned. But I'm here and I love you and I see you and I validate you. And I'm right here on the shore ready when you want to open your eyes and take the step to me. I love that. I, and I love the word attunement that you're using because most of us maybe familiar with that and some might not be. But this is the idea of really choosing to be perceptive in a moment where you're where it's a higher level of listening. And so as you're listening and trying to, let's say, minister to this child, you're watching what they're feeling and their body language and their facial expressions. And you're mirroring that back to them. So if somebody's telling me something sad, my face isn't smiling. So this is a real easy way to understand it. It's pretty straightforward. And what I love you bringing this up is we think about this in adult relationships so that we're showing more empathy and we're more present. But I actually think that with children, I, I don't think I understood these things at that level, but they respond quickly to you attuning to them by really acknowledging their pain. Now, we all know that children from small to teenagers can often feel like you don't understand them. The three-year-old can just feel so not connected. They feel like you're not understanding them or hearing them in their big emotion to not get the, the ice cream that day. We can sometimes respond differently with the law in that situation that they just have to obey. 
versus this attunement, which actually in the long run, like what God does with us, actually strengthens us and makes us more resilient. This is particularly important, just throwing out a little the psychology of this. The younger the child is, the more attunement is going to build in them the ability to attach and trust in the future. I won't even go into the baby range, but just from children, once they can express themselves in any way, that attuning and kind of modeling what they're feeling with your facial expressions, meeting theirs, that they feel like somebody is rescuing them at that moment. And if a child feels lost and there's nobody to do that for them, we have to remember children don't regulate very well when they're young. And knowing some of these pieces in child psychology, I think can help. So this attunement is something for you to maybe bring in. If you're not aware of it, maybe read up on it a little bit and bring that into these big before, of course, the moment. But you can consider these things and see how you could maybe have some more tools to deal with that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that a lot of our children that do have these big emotions, I think also struggle with a lot of shame. Afterwards, they might feel really regretful or really silly or stupid, just depending on their age and their personality. Yes. But they're with it. Most of these kids, are, they, they understand that maybe what they're doing after the moment, they're like, oh, that was a lot, or that made people upset, or I shouldn't have gotten that angry or that upset about that. And so they're going to feel some shame or regret, or they want to just really love on you because they feel sad about it. And I mean, this is why going back to the beginning of this podcast, why it's so important that we are anchored ourselves and our emotions are just completely unregulated and just spinning out so that when we're anchored, we're ready to accept them back in. Meaning they've been screaming and throwing things and all the things. And now it's over, it's done. And it's an hour later and they're like, I'm so sorry. Like I shouldn't have been doing that or whatever. You're ready to fully accept them, to fully be like, okay, press delete, move forward, not holding it against them, I think is, is so important to be that bridge as you move forward in the day. And I know that that takes supernatural strength Mm. and grace with the Lord to be able to do that. I know that. But as much as possible, knowing how important that is for our children in their healing and in their growth to be able to press delete. It doesn't mean that there might not be consequences for maybe things that they did when they were in that place, but that has nothing to do with your emotional connection. Yes, that's a great point to make is that it's funny how we just uh, get so imbalanced in our thinking. We can arrive at one conclusion and then just automatically think that this is the result of that. What we're talking about, this attunement being present and helping them work through this, it doesn't mean that some of the decisions they make in the midst of that big emotion, rage, fear, whatever it is, that later that there's not some sort of consequence for that. I think things can feel so long when they have to wait or do something. We want to be doing things that are age appropriate in terms of uh, consequences. But I want to throw in uh, just my side of things at this point, and that is to say that I lived in a different era raising my kids, so there was no internet, of course. There was not really computers, not really hardly at all when my were little. And I have to say my firstborn was the one who's the most difficult, Joshua. And I didn't understand it. There was no information, just yellow pages again. So I know we're not in that space today. But in some ways, 
because we have so much information and so much we can get online. I think we feel obligated, younger moms, to just fix it, figure it out, do it. There's so many resources, just do it. I want to say that there was nothing else I could do, but knowing my own limitations, I couldn't quantify it then, but I knew his big emotions were really triggering to me and making me feel very fearful and out of control, feeling very much like I wasn't adequate. I didn't have what I needed. But I do want to say that a decision I made fairly early on, I was surrounded by very capable moms. I didn't have that capacity for being that capable right off the bat with my very first child. So there were all those kinds of things I was feeling. But I knew that I knew that my son, if I took him to certain events, he was just going to lose it. He was going to lose it every single time, pretty much 95% of the time. And so I made a decision. We're just staying home. We're staying home. We're not going. We're not going to that thing that everybody else is going or doing. Because I had to finally accept that, that my son couldn't handle it and I could handle it. Right. And so it was just a train wreck. There was no point. But by making that decision, we leaned into other things. And I ended up homeschooling him through the second grade. But it was the bridge he needed. I would come to not find out till practically he had already died and was gone. And as the world changed, I realized he had a lot of sensitivities, extreme sensitivities. He would have been a more special needs person. You can have intuition about your own child. You don't have to keep up with everybody else. And if you know that certain situations are overwhelming to your young child, it's okay for you to stay home. You don't have to be drawn into everything everybody else is doing. Do what's best for you and your child and your family and do not be drawn in to feel like you have to appear and do everything that everybody else is doing because it'll be okay. It may be the very best thing for you and your child. I just wanted to add that as a part of a strategy with a big emotion child. If this makes no sense to you today, we say, awesome. We're so glad because you probably have a friend or a relative, a neighbor who you think, I don't even know what I would do if I had that child. I had one and a half. Mary was a half of that, but she was still out there on some level, but Joshua (laughs) superseded it. But the fact is, whether you have one, a half or a majority of your children, wherever you are, There's compassion, and we just want to cheer each one of you on wherever you are in your lane. And those of you who have kids that are just super compliant, very manageable emotions, all those things, we say, you know what? Please have compassion for those of us who have someone on some spectrum that they just don't have the same capacity, or even us as moms, that we don't have your capacity, so help us. And being encouraging to us, that would be a help. Yes, those are those are all such such good points. And I think that even people that have kids that are more quieter or don't seem to have the big emotions, I just don't think any child is exempt from feeling these deep feelings. It's just a matter of how they express them. And I know I've talked to a lot of moms lately that their kids just seem super chill and quiet and didn't have those big emotions. And now they're seeing, oh, wow, those emotions were just right under the surface. But I think as parents, sometimes we can get a sense of it. We feel it. Like we we can sometimes feel like, oh, I don't, 
I don't think they're being fully transparent. I think they're just kind of uh, getting by and saying yes to just go with the flow. But I think there might be more going on. And so all I'm saying is, if you're feeling that at all, that definitely could be the case, especially if you have another child in the home that is very high emotions. It tends to be that some of the other kids might pull back and just go under the radar because they don't know how to handle that. They can't match those big emotions. And so they just go introverted. Just acknowledging that as well. Just really assess each one of your children and be like, you might not be expressing these, but they might have equally deep, deep emotions that they're not able to articulate. Just taking the time uh, with each one of them. I know we're all feeling maxed out of just like, ah, I can't even handle this one kid with giant emotions, let alone the other siblings that are probably being affected by that child. So just take this to the Lord. Something that I just feel like is so important, even after any moment or season of high emotion with the child, is to really debrief with the Lord and even with my spouse of like, okay, like, how am I feeling? That was really intense. Lord, whoa, how did I handle that? Lord, help me to see how I could have done that differently. And even maybe debriefing with the other siblings. If there is a specific child that is always taking the show in terms of emotional energy and really lamping it up, I guarantee you those other children yes. are being affected. I'm not saying they're emotionally scarred forever, but I'm just saying they're being affected. You can't not be affected. Don't just pretend like it didn't happen. Go to them, sit with them, acknowledge it. And sometimes they are ready to talk. Sometimes they're not, but just continue to offer that piece of, hey, that was a lot. I know you heard that. I know you're always having to be around that. I'm acknowledging that that's a lot and give them the space to be able to talk and process through that as well. Yeah, I love that. That's a good note to, to end on because I think that really we always have this opportunity to circle back around. And I would be the first to admit that for myself. And I think this is true for all of us as moms. We look back and there's so many seasons in raising children, right? And some of us love the baby. Some of us love the toddler, the three, the four. Some of us love that preschool and then into the eight and eight-year-old and beyond. I definitely love the six, seven-year-old and beyond. None of the prior was my favorite. None of it. I just, I, it's my own brokenness, but it wasn't my favorite. It was triggering. But I tell you, the thing is, is that God is the faithful one. And no matter what season you're in with your kids, there's going to be a season that you're going to really shine in. And that's like when the fertilizer starts coming by God, because there's connections being made that maybe you couldn't make at these points along the way. And I can just so testify that when I could have real conversations with my children from there on, there were so many beautiful parts of taking them one at a time, processing, chatting, spending time together. And that was, I pretty much loved it. And they did wild things that would have triggered a lot of other people, but I just so was engaged with them and connected to them that that added a lot of where maybe I wasn't as good in other parts. I would just say that God is with you and he adds the extra. He adds what you might not have had. And I've said this other times that God is the one. He's the one who has mercy and loves your child more than you do. There's hope in tomorrow and that it's going to be a different day or a different season. Change is what you can completely count on as your children grow. They're going to change dramatically and so are you. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And we know that this topic about handling children with big emotions is something that uh, most parents have had to deal with. And we know that it is not a formula and not just one strategy, and then you know what to do. Uh, this is a continual thing 
that is is going to be difficult and is only going to really be helped when we're sitting with the Lord and he is giving us the grace and the yes. patience uh, daily to walk this out. We all know it. Like it's like when I'm with the Lord, I have the peace and the grace and the ability to sit with them in the midst of it. And other times I'm just done. I'm done. I'm exhausted. I'm irritated. I'm snappy. We all know the difference. And so the Lord is the one who gives us the words to speak, gives us the patience, gives us the capacity, even just one degree more than we had before. Sometimes it's not like, oh my gosh, I feel like 10 million times better, (laughs) Um, but just one degree more sometimes just to take the edge off enough to be able to have the grace to sustain some hard days and hard conversations. So you can even take some time this week to just sit with the Lord and be able to really process with the Lord and journal about how you feel when your kid has these big emotions and then process with the Lord and pray about, Lord, this is always how I'm feeling. Why am I feeling that way? How can I begin to respond differently? And the Lord will walk you through that. He is so faithful, so incredibly faithful to meet us where we're at and to lead us and guide us in this journey. So we thank you so much again, and we so look forward to hearing from you. If you would like to follow us on Instagram, our Instagram is uh, Ames Girls, A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. And we are hoping to be a little more active on social media starting in 2024. That's a great way. Or you can always email us at Pam and Mary at AmesGirls.com. Uh, If you'd like to leave a review, that's always super helpful for people to find us to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be incredible if this has um, helped you or encouraged you in any way. We look forward to talking with you again next week and have a lovely day. Thank you so much again for tuning in to the More Than Enough podcast. We are still busy behind the scenes setting up our website. But for now, if you would like to stay up to date or follow along, you can follow us on Instagram at AmesGirls. That's A-M-E-S-G-I-R-L-S. We know that because we're a newer podcast, one of the best ways for people to find us is through reviews. So if you would take just a few minutes and write us a review on Apple Podcasts, we would be so grateful. Thank you so much again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting it up again with you next week. Have a lovely week.